the fear, the, the, the happiness, the, the device, the, the, the living in the now and the power of now. And we've just reflected all that back right now because we're re-baselining. The story of us really only comes about when we've reached that final part of that journey, when we've, we, we, I, you know, we come to the end. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. So as we begin a new week, we have come to the end of a slight journey that we've been uh, working through. And that part of the journey is that we've had a couple of interns with us. We still have one of them with us, but two of the interns fulfilled their obligations to us last Friday. So we found ourselves coming to the end of that chapter, which is really good because they produced some amazing work. I've managed to get one of the people connected up to somebody else. And that person's now responded and said, thanks very much, I really appreciate that. So we're actually sowing seeds out there in the industry, which will hopefully get some of those guys some work. But what it means is that we've come to an end of a journey. <clears throat> we have lots of media that we're suddenly going through and we're taking stock. We're starting to work out what have we got? What does this actually mean for us? Where does this leave us? We still have a show that we have to produce every week, but we've got nearly 300 pieces of media or thereabouts that we can distribute across various different social networks. We're still trying to get a handle of what those social networks are all about. We're not necessarily sure that we understand that, but we also are aware that lots of other people don't understand it as well, and they seem to be successful, so why shouldn't we be? And I think that's where we're going. So we're taking stock. We're working on where are we going from here is the work that we're doing of value to at least somebody somewhere, even if it's just for us at this particular point in time? And where, where do we go? Where does our journey go from here? And what are your views on that, Gavin? I'm sure you've got plenty of views on that one. <laughs> I, I'm, see, the, the, as you know, you think you're saying something and you think you're making it meaningful, but I'm hearing something different. Now, I know what you're saying, and I'll get back to it, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know how my brain thinks and how warped it actually is. Taking stock, right, what imagery comes to mind quite quickly. Somebody's taking stock from the storeroom. They're taking my stock. They're nicking it. They're gone. They've took the stock. They took the stock of value. You know, now, that's what you... Anyone's business, if it has carries stock... They're selling goods by the very nature of it. And the stock is the, is, is the value. That that's what they're selling at a margin to their, their customers. And they have to get stock in and get the stock out as sales. Stock is purchased, brought in, stored somewhere, mined it, and then delivered and distributed out when they get the sale. So stock. Taking stock. Someone's taking my stock. Now, are they paying for my stock? That's a sale. If you're taking my stock, someone's stealing my value before I even got the margin. They're using my cash flow. Now, I'm not going to go to the negative connotations of that because we know what the imagery and the, what we meant by taking stock was. We're, we're re-baselining, I think, in my language. We're, going, we're taking stock of where we are. Now, the, the word is the same thing as stock. It, it's what's the asset? What's the value? Where are you right here, right now? Take stock. And we, George just said it. Our interns gave us some 
virtual stock. We because it we were effectively a software as a service uh, internship in the sense of they did some social media creation using their social media tools, Adobe Photoshop this and Illustrator that. They they created value in the virtual realm in so it, that's we've social media stock now. It's on a spread. It's not. It's on. It's in a folder. It's in a file. It's not in a storeroom. It's in the virtual storeroom in the cloud. We ha now have a stock of these items that have a we believe a perceived value because there's investment of time and energy and creativity in them so we believe that they are now an asset they're not just some doodling on a virtual screen we we have we're taking the stock of what of what work effort they did to date over the last 10 weeks for us and now what can we do with this stock what value has it it doesn't have a value till we sell it or use it in those virtual in those social media streams because we're not going to sell them these items aren't for sale but they are to hook a sale hopefully to, 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 to give it they'll give a brand awareness they might even give a little bit of entertainment they have some educational value most of them are nearly affirmation type uh sayings mental health sayings so we believe there's a value in them if someone consumes them in social media space and they'll take stock of their day as a result of reading the word happiness or mindfulness or balance and these are some of the names of these little images and uh, that will go with our with our shows so we have some virtual stock we're baselining the, where we are. We want to see what value we could possibly have from our interns. We don't want that time to go to waste and just put it in a virtual cloud folder. We want to take that stock and bring it out and sell its value, not for necessarily for monetary terms, but make sure someone gets to consume it or see it or be aware of it and be mindful of the work effort that went into it and the little me message hidden within and then see who sent it out into the virtual realm was this brand us. So back to you, George. Well, I, I, I heard half of what you were talking about, unfortunately. Um, what happened was my little earbuds all suddenly packed up and one of them went off and the other went off and I thought, oh, I can't hear what you're saying. And that's amazing because normally I can always hear what Garvin's saying because he's normally quite loud. So what I've had to do is, is take them out and take stock and I've had to reduce the sound here and there so it doesn't inter interrupt the sound going into there, but still so I can actually hear, and I meant that actually there, hear Garvin speaking as he was going on. But yes, we we have all this um, amazing material that we've we've assembled including the little square shapes that we've been using or square images that we've been using on Podbean. And, and looking through the material yesterday, there's a sense of completion that's there. There's a sense of all the 72 images, bar one, which I've still got to do, have an identity through that image. And Garvin can also use those images on Instagram or thereabouts to try and draw interest to what it is that we're actually talking about. And I think that's the key thing, is trying to work out how to draw an audience to us without selling something. And that, that process is what we're trying to do, is how do we entertain that audience and, and, and bring them in so they, they, they don't feel defensive in their method of, you know, a lot of stuff that we're seeing on LinkedIn and various other places is, is this sell, sell, sell. And you kind of go, oh, no, I don't want anything to do with that. And we're being told we shouldn't be going to sell stuff. We shouldn't be doing the sales pitch because the audience, the customer doesn't want that. They don't want to be feel as though they're about to be attacked by somebody. And I think that's the thing. So they become very defensive. But if you can actually 
open up the door and, and be friendly and just start to talk. So, for example, that person I mentioned earlier on, I'd seen their little videos and I thought, well, they're not far away from where Rebecca is. Do you know what? That might be useful if they could connect up. They're in the sort of similar age group. They've got the same sort of issues. Do you know what? They might be able to generate a, a connection there where a friendship which could last a lifetime through work, through working together. And that would bring a lot of value to them both because they'll have someone that can support them, help them work out ideas and see where they go from here. One of them could be mentoring the other one because they've been left college for a short time. So again, another way of actually taking stock. We also had somebody contact us during the week that was, they'd seen what we've been doing with our podcast. They, they'd seen how in their perceptions we were being successful on LinkedIn because we were gaining a reasonable side of audiences, not, not in the thousands, but getting there slowly, surely. But they wanted to know how they could, how they could, we could help them develop their skills but like most people they hadn't got a budget or they didn't indicate they had a budget for what they wanted to be done and we had to then sort of give them a sense of what it is that they had to take stock they had to learn through our conversation do you know what this is not a simple process that we're going through this requires a commitment on a on a daily basis so one person either producing the content, the other one actually distributing the content because they're two different tasks, but they take up a lot of time and a lot of energy. And, and you know, I, Garvin's the one that's been distributing the stuff. And you can see through his experiences how sometimes it can be very frustrating when one minute, one piece that you thought was not so good suddenly gathers up loads of interest and another piece that you've put a lot more energy into suddenly goes flat and you can't really tell why you're doing the same thing but it doesn't always bring about the same results so you're having to try and learn what is it the process that we have to go through so we can get that reach that audience maybe we haven't quite got the message right just yet but we are working on that and what we're discovering is that there's a lot of people find that listening to what we're talking about which does seem to be quite positive because we're think we're we, you know, we get hit by things like most people do. They can relate to that. But here we are. We're finding another way of, of looking at what we're doing and saying, well, how, is, how do we go best forward? What's the best way to take the next step? Are we doing everything that we need to do right? We've got a certain process that's working that now takes some of the pressure off and allows us to do something else. But where is the best place to spend our energy? And that's where we're working at the moment and, and, and gradually moving forward and building up our own confidence as two people working together, which I think is the important thing at this point. Now, taking stock. Now, I was using the language of uh, rebaselining. I don't, I don't even know if it's right. I'm just, I'm using the language of that, whether it's right or right, wrong, or what the con context or is. But in my language, or my own interpretation is... We, I had a bit of, I think I had a bit of uh, anxiety. Actually, I saw something on LinkedIn or Facebook, maybe the end of last week, and it was saying the past is where depression comes from, dwelling on the past. You know, the future is, if you worry about the future, you're, you're, you're bringing on anxiety. But happiness is in the now. And I, I, had a, I, I go through these things quite fast and go, I don't really overlook on the past. I, I do worry about the future in the sense of are we, are we achieving our goals uh, or what are we meant to be achieving or are they meant to be happening faster or do you give up? Some of our last uh, podcasts we were saying, 
do you go all, you have to go all in you can't be half in and half out because then you don't know if you have the measure of of you gave it your all and you didn't succeed or you gave it your all and you failed fast and then you give it your all again another something i saw the other day said if if you have your escape in subconsciously built in that well if this fails i can go back to i can go back to accountancy then you're still not all in because you're saying i'll give it this effort and if that doesn't work i'm just going to give up and go back whereas you left you're set sail you know with that ship on, on to new adventures and new horizons because christopher columbus when the first sign of a storm didn't do it right lads turn turn the ship around we're going back it's you gotta go forward it just might not, it's, 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 it's a case of I'm realising we may not be doing the right thing, but the wrong thing is what we left behind. The, the new right thing we have to find, we have to pivot, we have to set the sails, we have to find that star to guide ourselves by. We want to find those new shores, we want to get those adventures. It might not be the first island we come across, no, that was already conquered, that was already comfort, there's comfort in that finding something quick. But the real, dif- it's the difficulty you're trying to find, the new adventure, the innovation, the disruption is not the first thing you come across. It's, it's out there, it's at sea, it's, beyond, it's through the storms, it's behind you know, those uh, like pirate attacks. and It's behind the adventure, it is the adventure. So I'm, I get anxious because I haven't achieved it simply or I don't know what it looks like or I don't know how long it's going to take or I don't know the distance from here to there but Christopher Columbus and all those other adventurers I'm sure are the same idea they don't have a piece of string going it's A to B the distance is it'll take X time and we're and we're fine and we'll be safe when we get there no we're in uncharted waters where we know it's out there we've got the when we get there the adventure starts it's not that that's the end that's the end of the beginning it's the beginning you know it's not or the, it's the, the beginning of the end is a whole other short conversation we've got to get those customers get those products get them out sell them have 40 staff make films you know like we're just trying to find this st- we're on the adventure to finding the start point the real start point that we know this is it, every step forward from it is is, is a build, a build upon, adding value, a, a consolidation of. And so we we think we've already got that. We found the baseline. We're on the journey. We know we can f- sell sell something. It may not be the golden goose and the and the product we want to sell, but that's a harder something. But f- someone is not going to buy that big emerald first off from a total unknown so we'll have to go gently gently and get them to buy little trinkets to understand the customer service relationship that we're here and we're going to be here tomorrow as well and that we can be trusted and that, and the euro branding and all the rest of it was about here we are heroes roar not for sale i had a conversation yesterday there's nothing for sale there's nothing currently for sale with a price that anyone can find yet but we have people approaching us going we're like what you're doing. You must be selling this. Uh, could we have a bit of that? Now, the people that have approached are close in some ways. They're calling. They're looking for a favour, but they're not sure of what they're offering. We, I, we're unaware of what the quid quo pro was. It's they're doing us a favour for us to do the work, to give to them, to make them look good. And no, I'm, I'm, we're okay with favours, but we're going, what there is them doing us a favour? You know, we can sell our skill set, we can discount the price to zero. They don't know the value of what they're asking. That's the whole, both a couple of our conversations lately with 
two or three different groups was, it's easy to say, can you help us with three minutes something? The effort for three minutes of something could have been two months of something else to deliver on it. And uh, if they're the consumer, they're just asking, give us the answer. Give us the answer at the least cost to us and the least effort and pain to us with the maximum of value that you can contribute at no, go- at no cost to us or minimum cost to us. We're going, great, that sounds very, very exciting. You'd be busy from now till doomsday if that's your customer relationship going forward with anybody because there's plenty of work and if you can get a workforce to work for free, I think it was slavery in the good old days, but I mean, they didn't build the pyramids with slaves, it turns out. They were master craftsmen. They were generational families of skills. They were incentivized. There was no whips involved. And when they were finished of 40 years of work or two, or even generations of work, of skills, they saw what they left behind. They left a legacy on the planet and we can see anywhere from space. Now, we don't know if there's any ancient aliens in there, but at the most basic level, it was built. There was a legacy. There were skills involved. There was a value. They ate and drank and they fed their families. They'd worked for multiple lifetimes. There was value there. We, this is our lifetime, and like anyone else's lifetime. If someone wants some of your time, you're giving up the most valuable thing on the planet to you Make sure you're being paid, and if not in monetary terms, you understand why you're doing what you're doing, what you're getting out of it. And actually, even more importantly, the others have to understand what it is they're getting, what the value is. It's not the monetary, it's the gift they're being given of discount at a price that's not the market price. They're getting a Rolls Royce for the price of a ladder. Actually, they're getting the Rolls Royce for free, but there's purpose. That's called sponsorship. That's called advertising and branding. They're, you're getting your Nike hat on the goal, on Tiger Woods or whoever it is because they know they're going to be seen. They're going to be sold. They're going to get to work later on from that relationship. You need to hear that on the in so you know why you'd be nearly gagging to give them work for free not free, you're giving the best work because you know that's going to be profiled to your real customer audience or your potential investors of tomorrow. So you need to, it needs to be a very even relationship between customer and buyer of value um, exchange. Money, money for time, you know, or good. But really, it's money for time or money for value. It's, it's not, you know, give me the value. There ain't no money and there's no quid pro quo pro. One of the things uh, I thought was um, that came to mind as you were talking there was the the hare and the rabbit story, the race that they went. That because you, you mentioned earlier on about going all in and being committed, and quite a lot of people think that that means right. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to put all my energies, and I'm just going to go. And the hare did that. He ran off. He says the the, the the little turtle here. He won't be able to catch me up. And he went almost to the end. But then he ran out of steam just before he got to the end and he had to have a snooze. And he thought, do you know what? doesn't matter. The, the old turtle won't be able to catch me up. But the turtle saw the hare zoom off. But the turtle went at his own pace. And he knew as long as he accomplished what he needed to do now, he would eventually get to the end. And at one point, he overtook the hare because the hare was sound asleep because he'd expended all his energy and hadn't really planned the journey properly and was really quite inefficient because he, he 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 actually only woke up just as the turtle went across or the tortoise went across the finishing line and he lost so the key thing is 
what do we mean by going all in and commitment? Because one of the things that you realize is that we have a certain amount of energy that we can expend every day. And we can get burnt out very quickly if we mismanage that energy and, and the use of the tools that we have within us. And one of the things that we're doing, I think, in taking stock is to realize we have a long journey to go and we want to make sure we don't run out of steam. We need to make sure that we're healthy for that journey and we're fit for that journey. So part of our commitment is that we have to make sure that we're fit physically and mentally to take the journey and we do the right preparation so that when we go along that journey, we don't end up hurting ourselves more than anything else or getting depressed because we haven't achieved what we thought were the goals that we had set ourselves. And why can't we get there? Because quite often people are thinking that the end, being there, is the key thing. It's not. It's the journey to getting there. It's, it's just as valuable as the, as the end result because you become enriched on that journey as you go along, as you accumulate the experiences and you realize, actually, if I just twist this little bit here I can go around and any obstacles I come across I can now pace myself so I can tackle those obstacles that are that are now hitting me that are trying to knock me off the path that are trying to make me feel despondent that are trying to exhaust me of, of all my energies and what I have available to me resources wise and and if you've got that right mental health and you've got that right physic physical health then you can accomplish what it is. It's like if I suddenly went for a, a marathon today, and right, I know what it is, it's 26 miles, I'm going to go for it. I probably wouldn't even get two or three miles because I haven't done the preparation for it. I'm not fit enough. I'm, I'm overweight. I, my weight would probably get the better of me. And I think this is something we have to do for this long journey. At this particular point in time, if I'm committed to what I'm trying to do, I need to actually lose a bit of weight. I need to get healthy. I also need to know how to use my time efficiently so I put so much in for work, but so much for other bits like family life, other entertainment, because it's actually through when we are being entertained or even those quiet moments where we're sitting alone just thinking or, or just watching the world go past, that if we're in the now, not worrying about the future, not depressed about the past, you know, because we can't change the past. We can feed and seed the future, but we're not in control of that because anything can actually happen. But if we can sit back and just watch the world around us, I know that if I'm struggling with a problem and it's something I'm trying to work through in my head, if I just keep hammering tongs at that, I just end up with a migraine. If I just let go for a moment or two, all of a sudden the answer gets filtered through because I'm the one that's blocking that answer coming into me. And by sitting down and relaxing, even playing music, even I, I, I play the guitar a little bit now and I'm learning that and I play other instruments and people kind of go, oh, you're not committed to one instrument. I kind of know, but I'm learning from this bit here that's helping me with the, solve a little problem there. And if I get stuck there, there's something else here that helps me and I can connect all the dots. And I think that's the journey that we're on. There's lots of dots that we're trying to connect. We, we, we're working on ICOM for the interconnected of ev interconnection of everything at the moment that we're trying to put for one of our uh, podcasts, which is quite interesting. And That's what we're quite, having like to do that. is yeah. we're seeing how do we connect all those things together, do you know what I mean? But if we don't sit back and look at the big picture and see, well, actually, that's how that connects to that. And that's how that connects to that. I'm not sure how this bit works, but if I just let if I just relax and go on that journey, I should be able to solve that problem. 
then we can have the stamina. <clears throat> and I think that's the thing. It's the stamina to see the journey through. We're, we're, this is a journey that potentially for, for me and Garvin could take the next 15 years of our life which brings us well into what most people would say. I hope it does. Retirement age. That's the madness. <coughs> Isn't me, it? That's the madness of it. <coughs> You're going, it's not five minutes. It's, no. a, it's again, another saying last week I saw somewhere, and it could be Gary Vaynerchuk or, or one of those influencer types. And he says, any planning you're doing now, the real time frame to it for fruition of any type of description in, rea in reality is three to five years down the line. You're not going to get any major change in your life or business done in 12 months. Now, there's other people out there saying, what's your five-year plan? Now throw it away and go all in and get it done in six months. Actually, Elon Musk sort of says that sometimes. Now, it's not that you'll get it done. It's just sometimes we're building in too much redundancy and fear and oh if i achieve this little bit of this and little bit it was nearly a plan of not all in and nearly a plan of gently gently as you go no risk elite where strangely enough if you're not running with the fact that it's not the risk of it to win then you're not going to win actually that's i think it was jordan peters and i saw something on he was saying there's, if everyone has roughly the same intelligence or capability or skill set, it's those that ran fastest get to the top. Because when someone gets there first, everyone else is, the hierarchy is underneath because there's only one position at the top. It's not a flat structure. So therefore, it's not that you couldn't, weren't as good as them. It's just they ran faster and they got there faster with the right skill set. If you had the right skill set and didn't run, then sorry, you're second, you're third, or you're further down the hierarchy of that pyramid of hierarchical structure. So remember, it's too far. It's run, Forrest, run. It's and you'll get there. You know, if you now the marathon is, they're all twenty-six million people, or whatever it is, are run, Forrest, and run. But very few of them are saying I'm going to be the winner. They're going. I just want to turn up. I just want to get through. I want to end. I want to get my twenty-six kilometers or miles and go. I did the marathon I'm, they weren't 99.9% of them are going I'm not looking to win the marathon I've got realistic expectations there's no fucking way if I just live through running the marathon I've achieved what I need to achieve and it's not even the run it was the six months of prep that went beforehand where I was two stone overweight I had to get up to five miles ten miles in a week and day, then a day and have run 20 marathons before I ever ran the marathon based on the little parts of I know if I set out on that day it'll be five hours later within a timeline of averages based on I won't have a heart attack because I got the stamina built in based on prep and planning of the last year. So I'm going to run the marathon next year. It's not going to run it next week, never having run or prepped before. The same with business and all the rest of it. There might be a rare outlier that just turns up and goes, feck this, I'll do a run for us run, and I win the marathon on the first hello. But not going to happen, not likely. It, that's a lottery. But what we're back to again is, and the strange thing is, this, this, this is a re-baselining. I think we're nearly a year from our journey of starting our first recording of our first podcast. And in those first podcasts, the language where the fear, the, the, the happiness, the, the device, the, the, the living in the now and the power of now. And we've just reflected all that back right now because we're re-baselining. We're saying, 
Yeah, we, we know all that language from last year, we ha- but we forget it every now and again. We have to keep remembering happiness is in the now. Because the future is in the future, the past is in the past, can change the past, I can influence the future, but only through the now. So be happy in the now, and we're back to now. Are we, and to, to get to that 15 year of future, no matter, because we can't predict the future, we're trying to make futures more certain by going, we want to be a film school by X date, we want to have 60, we may never get there. But it's not that we may never get there, does that's the dare of, of, a, of a future something we're trying to crystallise in and now. It might be we're in a different location. It might be it's 20 students or half it. It might be half the price and it might be twice the length. It might be it's a different product altogether. But we're, it's what it is, is it's out there in those foreign islands and uncharted territories that, that Christopher Columbus hasn't found yet. He turned up, he didn't expect to find what he left behind. It could have been he left the ports of Portugal and Spain and they were at a certain level of sophistication and civilization did he think where he's going to go it'll be the same or it will be uncivilized that they would be running amok in their underpants that they would be out there throwing they're going to be back to prehistoric times now it turns out there had its own civilizations they might might have been freer they might have been less tech they might have been less structured in cities or i don't even know my history and geography so but the whole thing was they were a different people different personalities they were living on the planet in the same timeline. They were eating, drinking, sleeping, making merry. They were happy. There could have been there was their own leadership hierarchies, politics, religion. In isolation to someone else, theirs was there. And you're, you, you're now turning up going, you're trying to influence yours on them. So we are doing a little bit of that. We're setting vibes with our new learning mechanism, our new product. But it's a transference of skills product. Therefore, we're saying there's other ones out there, the competitors. We don't really know them ourselves, and we're saying we're not competing with them. We're offering a different way of doing things. We're offering a different way of consuming things. But the end thing, the end result is you learn through experience, and you ex- these experiences transfer skills to you, and you felt happier that you got a better value, something for your money you invested, or the cost that cost you of time, effort, money, or whatever else. We're trying to be in that consideration set. We're trying to be perceived as value. But to be perceived by someone else is that we have to first perceive ourselves as being giving of it and having it to give and being worthy of it. And that's where self-questioning comes in. We go, is it real? Would someone buy this? Is it good? Would I buy it? it will, does it meet the criteria? Is it quality? And and yet it's all no that you question yourself. Not all people question themselves that way. Without products going, am I worthy? Will people love me? Will they like me? You know, do they like my personality? Uh, am I the wrong body shape? Am I too heavy, too thin? You know, it's it's this. That's the fear again. The fear resides in business. The fear resides in the individuals that reside in business. The business itself is just a structure and and constituent parts that are packaged and delivered by by human beings in some way or manner be it virtual or otherwise does the business have fear does the business have worry it does through the through the people running it and if they are not so happy in themselves and happy in their job it will permeate permeate through that business to the end customer so we're reaching out we're getting, trying to get happy in ourselves so we'll be happy in our business, so we will be happy, our customers will be happy to be with happy, 
be happy with happy people because happy means there is no fear there is no depression there is no anxiety there is no lack of trust there is no frustration it's you're happy because there's you don't you you haven't got a, a known something you're not unhappy with so i'll put it back to you otherwise i'll keep on going <laughs> One of the things that I think is important for people to remember is that if you look at all the races, you could have thousands of people in a race and only one person wins what is perceived to be the race. But each individual person has their own goal that they want to achieve, and that's the thing that they're committing to. And I think that's the same with everything we're doing. It's not We're not necessarily competing. Garvin and I aren't competing with one another. We have different attributes. But each one of us has our own goal that we want to achieve. And we're actually going all out to achieve that. Regardless of what happens, we're going all out. And I think the key thing is that you have to pace yourself. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm aware of my limitations, my weaknesses. I know what my strengths are. But if I don't work through those weaknesses, because some of those weaknesses are also my threats, but I'm seeing opportunities by working with Garvin. And that's the key thing. So anything that kind of comes a threat in what we're trying to do, I've got to overcome that. And it's about pacing myself. And you have to be, that's part of the preparation, because if you don't prepare for the journey, you'll never get to the end. And I think what we're doing by taking stock is that we know that we're in for the long haul. We know we have to be patient because things won't necessarily work at the speed that we want to because we find that other people work at a slower pace. So we have to make sure we're not the hare that gets there too quickly and then finds that we've run out of energy. We have to... You know, we were talking about that baseline. And one of the things that's interesting about the baseline is there's a plus and there's a minus. There's a wave. But if you need to establish the baseline so you know where the middle part is so that when you're going up, you'll also be aware of where you go down. And basically what you're trying to do is to minimize that that wave backwards and forwards. Because if you go up too high, you could get high and all of a sudden you, you'll, you know you're going to crash and you're going to get that massive big low. low. And you need to make sure that you, you pace yourself appropriately so that you don't get overly excited and then you don't get overly depressed when you come down and fall down. We've had quite a few challenges over the last year or two. We've applied for lots of funding potentials. We've been turned down for virtually every single one of them. If we looked at that as we've lost, we could have got very, very depressed. But what we looked at was that each one of those items was a learning opportunity. We could see what we were doing. And in fact, in certain situations, we knew if we all went in with what we're doing, we would get rejected. But we actually used it as an exercise to trial through our process. And to be honest with you, we weren't rejected because they thought our idea was bad. It was just that we didn't meet their parameters. But we could see that what we were talking about interested them. And that was the win that we saw in that journey. And we began to realize, yep. The negativity that we thought that we would have pulling us apart, pulling at the holes, looking at our weaknesses, because we've been looking at those and preparing appropriately, we're finding that those holes are getting quite small. But we're still asking the question, asking the question where are our blind spots? What, it, what is it that we can't see that we need to see to move forward? And again, that's part of that journey of taking stock. And that's where we are now. So I think... I was reminded there of a couple of races that we saw, a couple of marathons, where one of the people that was expected to win the race literally got to the last 100 metres and with the heat exhaustion collapsed. And another person ran past him and went, oh, I've now got an opportunity to win. And he actually went, 
I actually respect that person. I'm going to lift them up. And he helped carry that person to the winning line to make sure he got across that winning line. And that's that's what we have to do. That's why Garvin and I are working together. It's not a one-man show. It's not one person that's going to achieve it. The only way that we can achieve this is collectively. And sometimes we have to pick the other person up and carry them to the winning the winning post because we know that they've expended all their energy, but they've put in so much effort that it's just a small thing that occurred at the very end that tripped them up and they stumbled. And there was someone there to catch them and take them that extra part of the journey. That collaboration is so important in every journey that you go on. And it's part of that preparation. Now, I have a couple of little bits of imagery because you've just chucked at me indirectly. And uh, we're in the human race. Who wins the human race? Now, if you think of the Elon Musks and the Jeff Bezos, they win the prize of the most money, the most trinkets, the most goods. But everybody in the human race is in the human race. And we're, as long as you're alive, you're running or walking, crawling, crying. It doesn't matter. You're, you're in the race until the finish. The finish is now again at like the end of days or the end of your days. It doesn't have to be everybody else's. No, but the beginning of the human race, there's a certain beginning. We're born into it. Now, in terms of, you know, don't see many babies going racing in business. And well, some of them could be little child stars and, you know, models on TV and TV commercials. We're making money before they're out in nappies. We don't know. We're just not thinking of those ones. But as soon as you get a little bit of education or enough to be self-aware that you can go further out and do things in the human race, you know, experience things, learn things, uh, contribute things to, to, to the, the bigger, uh, to everybody else, or to, to make it available to them through whatever tools available. The thing is, you're in the human race. It's Life is a roller coaster. You're going up and down. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. No roller coaster is straight baseline. It's that curve you're talking about. It's going to go up, it's going to go down. Sometimes the journey down is the adrenaline and excitement in a roller coaster. The anticipation and the anxiety, if you're going to have the fear and, and, and the adrenaline rush, it's on the way up. It's, it's that thought of, I'm going to get to the top and then I'm going to go down. Now, people are on this journey of... We're excited about getting to the top of something, and the top of something is the top of our career, or the top of our, our business, or the top of, of being at that consideration set of, of who's going to be picked first, number one in the world, of the best school of. We're at the top, and then we go down to the bottom. So the weird thing is, which, whatever way you're coming, it's the journey to the top is anticipation. You get to the top. You can't stay at the top forever, so you're going to drift back down over time. If it's a roller coaster, it could go straight back to the bottom, you disappear in the morning, or... That was the adrenaline rush on the way back down because now you're relaxing, you have your shares, someone else taking control. You don't, it, it's, it, it's whether it's, it's nothing is straight line, two dimensional, anything. We're in a three dimensional, four dimensional, five dimensional multiverse, something. We're on multiple journeys at the same time, multiple roller coasters at different stages and in different cars, full and empty on our own with others. And the thing is, we're in the human race. We're in multiple races within the human race. The finish line and start line keep on moving according to what the subject matter is. It does even if you get to the end that isn't the end, you can go off and run again, or you want might want to change the pecking order in the next iteration. But I think it's as long as we keep on turning up in the human race and start at a star a start line and aim for a finish line, no matter where those lines are, it's do it again turn up again, enjoy the process, run with those other runners, 
you know, some 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 of those um, particular races are loft and loft all the time. You're on your own. You're particularly in the marathon. If you're ahead, you're there's no pack. The pack are all just there having the grand all the time. We're going together. We have no expectation of winning. The win was just turning up to run with the pack. The winners. Other people are quite lonely out there at the front, running ahead at speed, expending all energy like they like they here. But they actually could be quite alone in that. They are they're solitude individuals that are all in on the race. I think we're all in on the human race, and we're going to run many a run. We're going to walk some of it, crawl others, but we're going to keep on turning up. And we don't have to win. The winning isn't turning up and just get into any type of finish line and then starting again in a different race. Off back to you. Well, <laughs> you talked about being born and dying. And what's interesting at both those stages of life is that you normally have a team around you. Well, most people do, not necessarily every. Well, even those people that are unfortunate, there is a team. Because at those early ages, those early stages, you've either got a parent or two parents or a group of people looking after you to teach you certain basic principles. There's usually a team of people there. And at the other end of life, as you're, as you're coming to the end, there's usually a team in a hospital trying to make sure that you're comfortable and you're sorted out. And if you look at the world of car racing, there's usually a team of mechanics and car designers and all these people that you're working with and even when you're in the car, which you may think you're on your own, you've actually got communication. Like we have, we've got communication here between ourselves. So the rate that that car racer is not on their own. The motorcycle racer is not necessarily on their own because they've got a whole team and they've got a plan. They've got a, a system that they're actually working to. And I think this these days the long distance runner isn't actually on their own because they've got their sponsors, they've got their supporters, they've got those people that are encouraging them, their families behind them that are helping to nurture them to give them that time to go out and do what they're doing because they know how it's important. And quite often, the selfish person will be going there for win for themselves. The unselfish person is going out there to win for the others because they know the commitment that the, they, other people have put into this and that they feel a certain sense of responsibility to make sure that I put all my effort in, that I win for the team because they've put so much investment in their time to make sure that I could be successful and I don't want to let them down. And I think that's where, that's where we are. We're, we have a team. There's two here. There's me and Garvin. But behind us, we've got families that are also supporting us and nurturing us. And behind that, we've also got friends that are also supporting us and nurturing us and giving those words of encouragement when we, when we do need it and, and to work on how do we go through the relationships we're actually building. But they believe in what we're doing. And because of that belief in what, they're, in what we're doing, we now feel that there's a commitment, there's an obligation to make sure that we make this work. We may not know all the answers at this point, but we want to make that work for them as well because Garvin's got children to go to college. I've got grandchildren starting up, but I also have a wife who's coming to retirement age and she wants to spend time with me. So we need to make sure that we can fund that. So there's all these other little goals and reasons why we want to make sure that our business is successful because we want to make sure that not just us and those people that we're serving, but those people that are supporting us and encouraging us to go on this journey are given their fulfillment for the sacrifices that they've actually made for us on our behalf because they believe in what we're doing. And those are key things. We're not on our own. We're on a journey. We're on a race. But we have a team of engineers 
and supporters around us that are coasting us on and giving us that energy that we need to make sure we get across that winning line. That's how the turtle won. Mm-hmm. Now, what, how did he do in the next race, I wonder? Or was it just the one? <laughs> well, it could be. You see, this is it. It could be. There's, there's lots and lots of races because one of the things that is if in a movie, the, the movie always ends. But if you look at the movie, there was a pre-story and there's a post-story. So you have to, and they're like chapters in a book. So it's it's never kind of ending. But but we know that we have a start point in our life, and we know that You're we have like an end this. point in our life. And that's that's so the start of yeah. the journey, the story of us, really only comes about when we've reached that final part of that journey. When we've, we we I you know we come to the end. That's that's you know that's the the the, the Prince Philip thing. Now they can reflect across the whole of his story of what he did. And that's when the whole of his story becomes very interesting. And that'll be the same with us. You know, it's not now, because now we could completely fail. We could, we could, everything could be lost. It's, you know, I'm looking at story structure, and, and, and nearly three-quarters of the way through the story, I'm not saying we're three-quarters of the way the story, all is lost. Everything is, is hopeless. And it's the, it's the energy and, and the resilience that the hero suddenly finds within themselves to reach the end of the line. And that's the key thing. That's that's the what story we're of to the do. loss could be the win. As I yes. said, we were talking about the journey of making a film school from zero to hero in a pandemic with no budget. You know, can can is it doable? Can it be achieved? You know, from a, from a zero start, and the hero might be we're documenting it the whole way. We 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 have the book and maybe two books in the making. We can do the screenplay of the book, of the story, of what success would have looked like. And even if the non-success, you can star in and it can still be entertaining. So there's and the lessons can be learned and and someone else can maybe do it better and you know fill in the missing gaps. But because the idea might be right and the execution might be wrong. It's not that it's over. It's just you know, we're starting late, you know, disempowered, we haven't got that energy, but we had the right idea. And then you're saying that's why if the team was a little bit further and you can get those others involved, then the likelihood of success will increase because they can, it's, can you get the vision? It might need more strength to materialize the dream out of the universal flow and manifest it into reality. You cannot do it with the energy of two people because it requires the energy of 40. But we, we sort of know that. And we, our journey is to tell that story, to get that story out there of understanding. And it will grow. The story will grow. The tale will grow. The dream will grow. And it'll get, it'll get exaggerated. That's the whole point. Most stories and fairy tales of the past were something quite simple. But 100 years later... It, it was biblical. It was epic. It was, you know, the, you know, what's that guy with the stone and the giant? It could have been, he was six foot three and four foot two. David a giant Goliath. Of a, you know, David and Goliath could have been just me and you, six foot six versus five foot whatever. But it was exaggerated from then to now because the average height was and I was just an extra foot taller. You know, and it was, it's just what people remembered versus the masses that blended into the background. Now, it, it before didn't I got end well this for round, Goliath though. So yeah. I don't think we should put you in as Goliath. It doesn't end right, well for we Goliath. we won't bother with that. I'm t- I was reminded of Wiley Coyote and Meep Meep, wherever the second bird is, and they were doing the running and the chase. They both knew their roles the roles in the show. But at break time and lunchtime, they both stopped and went off and had their sandwich and their drink and rested. And then they went back to the act, to, pers- to what was perceived of them, what was expected of them. They, they, they were on show and 
Wiley Coyote will never catch the old meep meep. That was the game. That was a story. You could come up with every set of combinations, and but you would always just not succeed. But that was the entertainment. Had he succeeded, episode one, that was the end of it. The whole journey was 500 episodes of keep on turning up, keep on putting in the energy, keep on putting in the show, go to work to succeed and get that meep meep. But then when you take your lunch break, you're sitting down with Meep Meep anyway. You're going, no, that's the race over there. We go to work. That's it. It's not 24-7. It's the day job. And when we stop the chase, we can step back and we can go plan for tomorrow. You know, Wiley will come up with, I'll use some gunpowder cannons and strings and a last of plast tomorrow. And, uh, and I'll see how I get on with that. And the other guy will just go, well, I'll start here. I'll go run like a lunatic and then I'll stop and see if you can catch me. So we're looking for Meep Meep. We hope we'll probably never catch it. And maybe we're not ever meant to. We're meant to keep on coming up with those fandangle contraptions. And that's the enjoyment. When you look back, that was the life. That was the enjoyment. They were the stories of how I nearly caught 200 times. And what's really important there, because I know this through teaching other students in the past and seeing other people's careers be quite successful. I'm not saying it's through me, but we sow the seeds. And those seeds that go out, whether it's our children, our grandchildren, the, the other people that we connect to, we actually do inspire them to go off and do things. And and that's where the conversations, like Roadrunner and the Coyote, actually sat down to have their lunch together and they got their little you know, lunch boxes and stuff. And they had a bit of reflection about how each other was. And then they went back out on the journey again. You know, the, I think those those are important times. And although the coyote may feel that he never actually achieved anything, in those little quiet moments, there's there's an interaction which enriches both of them. And I think that that's an important part. It's having those interactions with others. And I think we've started to think about that in our taking stock, that it's not all the social the social media is not the thing the social with a human being is actually more important because you're connecting to them in a in a in a deeper way than just just through social media and those those kind of conversations are the things that could lead you to achieving the goals that you're you're actually set especially if you suddenly discover that someone's been sent to you who's in alignment with you and they agree with you and nurtured you and they become part of that team to actually move you forward. We've actually reached, would you believe, 49 minutes at this stage. We are going on really, really well. Uh, and it's a very interesting conversation. But I think we need to take stock of the time and realise that this part of the journey is coming to a close. And I think that's that would be an important thing to make sure we keep our audience. Otherwise, <laughs> we'll have to take stock and think, how are we going to do this again? So we've taken stock. And now I'm going to say cheerio and then just pass it over for the last couple of minutes to Garvin. No, no more minutes. It's meep meep. See you tomorrow. See you Take soon. Take care. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.